Hello, friends and neighbors. Come gather around the radio set. It's our Florida Gator subreddit podcast. This is Tofery Gator, and I am joined, as per usual, by Zlatan Diego. That was beautiful. And the hammer suit. I had to mute myself because I was laughing. <laughs> <laughs> that That's uh, a winner, I think. What's up, motherfucker? Right. <laughs> Towson. I just didn't expect you to do that. That's funny. <laughs> and I didn't either. It just kind of came. All right. Did you watch the Towson game, Hammer? I did. I was there. It was really good. Yeah? Did your daughter watch it? Yeah, it was, it was a lot more people than I expected. Like Usually people don't show up for games like this. Um, but it was more people in the, in the audience than I expected, to be honest. Maybe that bodes well for Auburn, kind of filling the stadium up. Yeah, that game's going to be crazy. But yeah, um, yeah, Towson was cool. I mean, not a whole lot really to talk about. We had a good good game, you know. Um, I personally am not a fan of how Damon does like essentially like, tune-up games, where it's like, let me get scenarios in and practice in against an inferior opponent, you know, rather than just like blowing them out, kind of, you know. Yeah. I'm, merc- I'm merciless. I want us to drop 70 points. and uh, But overall, I mean, it was good to see. I mean, the defensive secondary still has a complete lack of communication that they're not, not communicating with each other at all, and that kind of scares me going into Auburn. Um, it really scares me going into LSU because Joe Burrow will pick them apart. They are extremely talented, probably one of the most talented secondaries we've had in a while, and they do not communicate. They all they, they're just outside of their assignments. They're not, they're not tackling right. I don't know what's going on. Um, that concerns me. But otherwise, beyond that, everything looked great. Offense looked great. Wide receivers looked great. Um, Damian Pierce is clearly the best running back on the team. P. Ryan might be the best guy to play regularly because he's a better pass walker. But you know, overall, I, it, was, it was pretty good to see a lot of stuff. Emory Jones looked great. I, I loved seeing him go out there for a series, leading us all the way down for a score. That was good. Yeah. Uh, this felt like a game where if we had wanted to, we could have put up 50, 60 points. I didn't think we had any interest in that, though. Like like you said, it's just a tune-up game. Let's test out some things we struggle with, and let's just keep testing it, testing it, testing it, until maybe it'll work, maybe it doesn't, but at least we get some reps out of it. And Yeah, it's like a glorified yeah, scrimmage. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's... It, it, so, I mean, I, the rankings, obviously... What does it matter where we're ranked when when we have our crazy schedule that we have coming up? But at the same point, if we were blowing out these teams by seventy points, then you wouldn't have so many people just basically shitting on us all the time for saying, "Oh, well, they can't beat anybody. They can't beat anybody badly." Uh, it would be nice to kind of just curb stomp somebody. I would like to see that. So maybe we can pull that off against a surprising team like Auburn. And it's not necessarily a curb stopping. I just want to see the offense. Like you never know. You know when you see those teams where they just like it looks so effortless. Like they just 
They're like, oh, yeah, we gained ten yards. Oh, we gained twelve yards. Oh, you're not running back every, eight yards. It's just like every Big Ten or Big Twelve game yeah. that I've ever seen. Yeah, <laughs> or the, or Ohio State versus anyone, you know, until they play like you know some random team like Purdue and lose. But I don't know. Deadly Illinois. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the, the the trap teams. Um, I don't know. I mean, it was uh, it was a Towson game. Like I don't know what else to say. There's not a whole lot of detail. Not a whole lot to talk about. Um, if we won 45 to 31, I would probably be have a lot more to talk about. But we gave zero points, so that was pretty good. Yeah, I saw um, somebody online. I think uh, Marco Wilson's dad. He was maybe retweeting something about uh, Tadero Slayton having the best game of his career. Do you think that means much, or is that more just, eh, it's Towson. I mean, he should be dominating those guys anyways, just based on his size alone. Yeah, but, I mean, size alone doesn't win in college football. Like, if, it, if size alone mattered, then Brett Heggie and our offensive linemen, who are all 315 pounds plus, would be getting a lot more push off the ball. Does that make sense? Yep. So it comes down to... Most of the time, it's technique. You have to have the strength to back up that technique. Then, um, and then it comes down to: Are you going to out hustle the guy you're matched up against? Are you going to you going to hit your assignment? Are you going to hit your block? You know, like Brett Hagee's probably the best interior lineman we have right now, and so so that's why he's our pole blocker most of the time because he's he knows what to do. Whereas like, Delance is super disappointing for whatever reason. Um, Forsyth is doing a good job, but he's serviceable. You know. Yeah, um, fine. yeah, but like they don't. There's something missing there. It's not just about strength because Terrell, you know, Terrell Swain, he's a big dude. He's like what, like three, three fifty, like six foot five, three fifty, and he, he sh- can dunk. He should be dominating if he played hard, like because the the fact that he is that big means he has raw, pure strength that you can't build in a weight room. So if you have a weight room to then add on to that frame. And if he actually believed in himself and played with proper technique and great work ethic, I'm sure he would dominate. The dude is massive. And he's well, fast. He's, he's fast for his size. That's the problem. Like Most guys his size are run stoppers and they're space eaters because they're not quick. They don't have that the speed he has. This guy so, could be a tight end if he had actually you know, kind of framed his body for that. So it would be nice to see him step it up. And I don't know if this is a precursor to him doing that, but if he's able to do that, then we could actually have a dominant defense, not just a really good defense like we have right now, but an actual dominant defense because that defensive front would be insane, and that would help out the the corners who can just cover anybody. Our defensive front is our defense is really good. Like I'm it never going to discount our defense. Yeah, our defense is really good. I'm excited to see them match up against Auburn's receivers um, and their offensive line. I feel like Auburn should have a good reason to be excited about Bo Nix. He looks really good, but he's also never got, he hasn't got up against a secondary or a defense like Florida's in his life. Yeah, we'll get into that. He's a bitch, and I'm going to explain why later. Yeah, but I don't know. Our defense is really good. I'm, I'm impressed with what they've done so far. My only concern, like I said multiple times, is lack of communication. Lack of leadership, really, on the defense. Because like, if your secondary is not communicating properly, if 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 the if CJ Henderson not being has removed that leadership aspect, someone else needs to step up. It doesn't have to be a, someone in the secondary. Like, you know, David Reese should probably step up, or 
you know, Zuniga should step up. Like, someone needs to step, someone needs to take over that defense. Um, and I'll be honest with you guys, that's one of the reasons why Polite did well last year was because he was very vocal. Like, he was a very vocal, follow me kind of guy. And that's why a lot of teams were, had interest. He was just a complete idiot. With, it's the, uh, it's the, only, re- it's the only reason I think that Jawan Taylor. Jawan, Jawan, the the Taylor on defense that plays safety when everybody else is more talented than him. It's the reason I think he actually makes the field. He seems like the kind of guy that would bring everybody together. He's the guy they put on recruits. He he He, just seems like a leader. Yeah, he's a leader and he understands what's going on, even though he's not particularly physically gifted. So basically, he's doing what Kirby Smart Smart did for Georgia when he played safety there, is what you're saying. Yeah, I guess. Was that gap? The uh, the completely untalented buffoonish uh, good leader, but he was smart. Jawan jo- <laughs> Taylor has a much better haircut though. Absolutely, and I and I I feel really bad because Jawan Taylor is not buffoonish at all. I was just no. made, just taking my shot at Kirby I mean, there. You make a good point there. I didn't even think about that. I mean, there. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying there isn't guys that don't have leadership qualities or isn't guys trying to step up, but there's some type of miscommunication or some type of lack of like that guy that, that alpha on the defense if that makes sense like we've got studs like Renard and Zuniga and Henderson and and Reese but something's missing on that defense you know like you don't have a Brandon Spikes you don't have um you know Reggie Nelson you don't have you know I think who was the recently like we can think about um Gerard Davis that guy was an alpha like there'd be plenty of times you would see a corner make a mistake and he'd grab them by the face mask and say something to him and he probably wasn't being a dick he's probably like like like, listen you got to do your fucking job otherwise we're going to lose and then he would like send that corner back to his position you know like we don't have that guy on defense kind of wish grantham could play a little bit i feel like he'd do a good job of that (laughs) yeah i don't know grantham would be really funny that'd be kind of of funny to see just the, the coach go out there and Slam someone. He probably would. Probably I feel like he's he's a slamming type. Yeah, yeah. You make a mistake, he'd he'd throw you to the ground or something way worse than that. Yeah, because there's only so much the coaching staff can do. Like obviously, you know, Christian Robinson's a very vocal guy. If you see him on the sidelines, he looks like his neck is going to explode because he gets so angry at his linebackers. Right. Um, Grantham's a scary guy. Nick Savage is on the sideline. Clearly, they're terrified of him. But there's only the perfect- so much they can do. When they're on the this field, is the perfect, those coaches aren't uh, there, you know. Yeah, I, th- I think we need to segue right now. Yeah, and and this is the perfect chance to do that. Billy Gonzalez, we talked about him. Uh, you being pissed off at him, thinking he's kind of worthless. I think we should replace him last pod. And there was a moment. I don't know if you saw this. If you were at the game, you might not have noticed this. Uh, I, saw moment, I watched it on yeah, TV. Yeah. Okay, so you saw what happened where where Copeland was running. Just completely the right. I think he actually ended up blocking when everybody else was running a route. Um, and Trask was on his amazing completion streak and threw the ball to where Copeland should have been. Copeland's block- blocking nowhere near it. And the ball should have been picked off. It wasn't. It was just you know, hit the ground. And Mullen laid into Billy G, laid into him in a way I've never seen before. Maybe that's exciting. Maybe that's a good thing. Yeah, I didn't see that in the game. Um, it's on the other side of the, of the field. Um, watching on TV after, I, don't know, I felt good about it. Because, like, when you watch your coach 
when the head coach's job is to make sure the team's performing at a high level, right? That they're all executing everything they need to do. And Billy Gonzalez's only job is to make sure his wide receivers know what routes they're supposed to run, right? Because he's not recruiting. <laughs> so in theory, he's supposed to, but yes. So so we have Copeland, who we've probably ha- hasn't been playing as much because maybe he needs more attention, like in terms of development, right? Um, which could explain why he hasn't been playing as much because maybe he isn't getting the development he needs from Billy Gonzalez. Does that make sense? And so him making that mistake, yeah, it is Copeland's fault. He made the mistake, but it's not – it's like 90% Billy's fault for not explaining the proper route to him, right? And honestly, either either get him – get Copeland to a point where he's prepared to be in the field or don't put him on the fucking field. And I know I've, I've been the biggest ad, advocate for getting our young guys out there, but holy shit. I mean, how many receivers do we have? You have – Five seniors that know everything that they're supposed to be doing, where Billy Gonzalez doesn't have to do shit outside of just the little things. How many young guys does he actually have to coach and get ready? Like three, four. Drive. It's. I mean, it's basically just Copeland. Nobody else is actually. I mean, he's teaching them, but they're not going to make the field anytime this year. They all know that. They're all redshirting. Allegedly teaching them. Well, that's that's his job. At least that's what he's getting paid to do. He's getting paid to teach them fucking get him running the route i was i was sitting there excited i was i was genuinely i was filled with glee <laughs> like a little smile on your face i mean yeah, I, I was i was so excited to watch that ass chewing um it reminded me and, and you know it's people might be upset that i'm about to say something positive about McElwain here but it reminded me of his second game um when it was against ECU when Kelvin Taylor ah, yes. did a throat slash when we went up by like a touchdown in the fourth quarter and he just screamed him down on the sideline. <laughs> like, what are you fucking doing? And it was one of those moments of just like, yes, fucking get him. It's he gets he sees it. He sees what we all see. Like this this receiver room outside of the seniors is not really developing at the moment. And that's distressing given our roster deficiency there next year. So like, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe Billy just needs to be chewed out. Probably not. It's probably something deeper than that. It's probably Copeland is maybe not a good learner, but it was nice to see. Well, I, I think that it may, it's probably a combination of those. Yeah. Right. That, that's, I mean, if, if Copeland was a good learner, then he'd be figuring it out. I'm, that's, right. But it's Billy's job to get these guys to put these guys in a position to where they can learn, find some way to teach them. And he hasn't done that. And honestly, I haven't seen Mullen do that before. And I meant to ask some of the Mississippi state people. I know that kind of, that really follow the program closely to see if he's done that under their watch at least. But can you remember a time where he's actually reamed out one of his coaches on the sideline like that? No, I can't. Not that I know he, he might, might have in the past. I'm, they, I'm, I'm sure he has, but I want to ask the Mississippi State fans I know because they actually would have a good answer on that. But it it seemed like an anomaly. And again, like you mentioned, Tofery, it's just he, he sees what we see. Finally, a little bit of redemption here. Like, oh, okay, he actually gets it. He gets it. And fucking lay into the guy. Get him on the same page. And maybe, just maybe, if he doesn't get to the same page, because maybe Billy Gonzalez isn't actually ready to get to that page or willing to go back there, maybe we'll find somebody who is. 
I don't actually believe that. That's not going to happen, but I can dream. <laughs> I'm I'm just role playing with myself right now. Don't mind me. Drawing we're up used beautiful to scenarios. Yep. That's why we're here. So that that those are my thoughts there. I I, I really wanted to see Copeland actually step it up, and I understand that he's going to have some mistakes. So give him a couple of simple routes, and if he can't run the simple routes, that's on Billy. Yeah. If he can't figure out uh, the the six total plays that we're going to run, where he needs to know, okay, these this half of the play I run, this half of the play I go out for a route, and I run my two routes that I know. If he can't figure that out, that's Billy. So that's all I have on that. He needs to go. <laughs> Get him gone. Yeah, that's not going to happen. But again, maybe maybe we're sowing the seeds of discord right here. And and that's honestly, we, we need to find a way to sow this discord without ruining the team. If you can sow the discord, maybe you can break the relationship and maybe you can get rid of them. This is this is our chance to get in the relationship, get in the way and break this relationship up. You sound like a guy who watches a lot of The Bachelor slash The Bachelorette. I learned from the best. Yeah. And I understand that the well, only way that you, yeah, you, you well, no, I actually don't watch that, but my wife does. So she'll be the, the expert on that. But it's, it's something where if you don't swoop on in and take advantage of the mistake, then he's not going to realize it. So we need to really keep drilling into this, how fucked up Billy is. And maybe, maybe show some more replays of how mad Mullen was to Mullen himself. So he can remember how furious he yeah. was <laughs> that Copeland can't ran a simple fucking slant route. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I, it's I, I cut you off there, Hammer. My bad with my bachelorette thought. It's, it's well, no, it's it's a quality thought, and in the future we'll probably be hearing some more bachelorette references uh, regarding my affinity for the show. I think I've said in the past. I think he's. I think Billy Gonzalez is checked out. I don't think it's a incapable of doing a job because I just went and looked at his all-time recruits, and he has recruited really well in the past. Um, I just don't know if he, I don't, I honestly don't know if he's going to be here next year. I think he's checked out completely. I mean, he recruited well in the past, but, but who are you talking back when he was with the Gators? He even recruited decently at Mississippi state. He had a couple of guys that he got that were four star, like blue chip guys, which were one of like the very few that Mississippi state got. Maybe um, some, but I, I remember, um, when Mullen came over, Mississippi state people were, that was the position group that they were most upset about. Yeah, he had a, he had a receiver rep. room was garbage. So here, I'm going to lay out a scenario. Maybe what happened was he was a good recruiter when he had the fucking hammer at his throat from Urban Meyer, the the yeah. forcible recruiting, and maybe he carried some of those habits over to Mississippi State at first, landed a couple guys, and then when Mullins, you know, let's hand out a few vacations here, a couple days off there, uh, here, have a burger, yeah, chill, you don't have to come into work, or, you know, you can leave early, <laughs> he's, whatever. He's gotten a little yeah. fat, too. He's getting yeah. a little pudgy. You don't want that. Yeah. That's not good in a receiver's coach. You don't want he a was, fat receiver's coach. He was tweeting when he first went out recruiting, uh, and he actually hasn't tweeted since, so he gave up on that, obviously. But he was tweeting about, no, you know, all these stops off at fast food places. And I was like, man, you really don't need it. But, uh, I mean, I mean, chill out, bro. But I was I was actually happy because I was thinking, okay, maybe he's actually working hard at recruiting. Obviously, this is just a two-week-long thing because, again, he stopped tweeting entirely afterwards. Um, yeah, his And top coaching two, and recruiting. He stopped all the, all the his, above. His top two recruits that we would know, because these guys played for Florida, were Percy Harvin and John Bostic. I mean, he, he landed Percy. That's his claim to fame, and that's great yeah. and all. 
I mean, I'm not saying he's absolutely incredible, but I'm saying he has gotten people in the past. You know, he's developed a lot. He had a couple all-SEC guys at wide receiver when he was at Mississippi State, like Fred Ross. I remember because I used to scout that guy. Um, yeah, I mean, I saw maybe he's checked out. Like maybe he just isn't doesn't care. You know, and fuck Billy Gonzalez. I don't know, man. <laughs> so it's all any staying other... in. This is all staying in. This is Fifteen minutes of fuck Billy. <laughs> High quality pod. <laughs> it's not a pod anymore. Okay. Ah, uh, this yeah, this, this is, is fuck a soapbox. This is actually our our call to fire Billy. Yeah, we're it's we're running on a platform of fire Billy 2020. There is no more mailbag. It is just now Billy Gonzalez hate fire. <laughs> Why do you hate Billy? Uh, moving on. Any other any other house and thoughts? Um, I was happy to see Emery throwing the ball and throwing it pretty well. Um, looked a lot lot sharper than the few times that we've seen him throw so far this year. Um. So that was exciting. That was nice. Yeah, I'm glad they let him throw. Yeah. Like, that was nice. Because typically when he's in the game, it's, oh, here's another option. I think they're trying to set up some misdirection, yes. some mystery there for future games. As I to think it was necessary. Exactly what, he will, what he'll do when he's on the field. Totally agree. I, I think that if he was put onto the field without that on film, if he was put on the field against Auburn, LSU, or Georgia... They're going to be ready for that run. So now we've opened up the possibility that he can throw. So Mullen can do what he really wants to do and run the quarterback. <laughs> it's his favorite thing. Okay. So I guess that pretty much wraps up our thoughts on Towson. Um, do we want to do Auburn preview now? Yeah. Or did you guys already cover that? I was out for like five minutes. We there. haven't talked about them at all. We talked like okay. briefly about Bo Nix, but about Auburn. Yeah, he's a shithead. No, I think he's a really good dude, actually. But um, yeah, I, I have I've not I have actually not heard anything bad about him. But I, I think we can we can handle him. Are we getting into Auburn? Is it time? Yeah. I don't want to yeah. I don't want to jump the yeah. gun here. It's, you guys, it sounds like have some really good thoughts prepared. I've worked like eight hundred hours in the past seven days or so. So um, yeah. I'm not gonna lie, I don't have a whole lot here. I've got like one point that I want to touch on, um, but that's. Well, yeah. Maybe maybe you should cover it so we don't actually accidentally shit on it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, get it out of the way shit, first. You know what? I don't even have it pulled up. So oh god, your point's not even uh, here. Welcome, welcome to Tofree's one point of the night. <laughs> <laughs> I don't bring a whole lot to this program. I'm just happy to be involved. Ready, set, go. Oh fuck, I forgot. <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> trust me, trust me though. This is a mind mind blowing point. This is a really good one. So okay, just believe so me when is, I say this is a statistic that I've seen bandied about on Twitter a couple times today, and I haven't actually I, I I was unable to locate a source, and so I have no idea as to the veracity of this fact. But um allegedly Nix has only completed 24% of his passes um, when pressured, which is not a lot. Um, that bodes poorly. That bodes poorly. Uh, even if Auburn's offensive line is decent to good, um, that bodes poorly given how good our pass rush has been, especially when Zaniga has been on the field, which he will be uh, this weekend. So, you know, that's, that's my glass half full take on this game is that between sound and defensive line pressure, we have an opportunity to really control this game with our defense. Yeah, he 
that that would go in line with some of the other stats that I looked up regarding Bo Nix himself. And I, I don't have that actual stat. I think I'm going to go on a slight tangent here. There, I'm pretty sure there's some kind of software or or a service you can sign up with that that um, actual uh, announcers, like ESPN yeah. people and actual analysts have, where they they have these advanced stats. I mean, they come up with some of the craziest shit I've ever seen. I'm like, where do you it's see this? It's expensive as hell. But yeah, yeah, I don't have that kind of money. Maybe we'll do a little uh, fundraiser for that when people start dropping the hundo bombs on the dono. But we'll. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll be holding my breath for that one. James but, D. Virgilio, get your ass in here. <laughs> I know. We need a better salesman. I'm not the guy to do this. Yeah, we need a finance guy. Yeah, my, yeah. if only we had somebody who knew numbers, that'd be wonderful. Um, my number one note that I wrote down is that we have to pressure Bo Nix, and I think we can. Uh, the only high-level pass rush that they've actually faced this year has been Oregon. Uh, Oregon has 15 sacks through four games. They're the top in the Pac-12. But the SEC teams they played, this is Auburn I'm talking about, just who they've faced so far. They've played Mississippi State, ranked 11th in the SEC in sacks. Uh, Texas A&M ranked 9th in the SEC. or No, sorry, ranked 12th in the SEC in sacks, and that's with eight and nine sacks each. Um, they have not faced a team that gets to the quarterback a ton. And I'm, I'm going to take Oregon to the grand assault, too, because they've played an absolutely – shit schedule other than uh, Auburn. I'm trying to remember who they play, but they had like Nevada and then an FCS team and then some other garbage team. But Auburn has not faced a team that has an incredible pass rush. Mississippi State, they lost everybody last year. Texas A&M lost a bunch too. I think they had uh, two or three uh, outside linebackers slash defensive ends go in the draft. Hammer might have better insight on that. I can't remember the guy's names, but they lost a bunch. So, and I mean, I have a, I have a bunch more, but it's... Mississippi State? Uh, this uh, Texas A&M lost a bunch. I know Mississippi State did too, but I think Texas A&M actually lost some guys. That Texas A&M had a. I don't know if they, a lot of people got drafted. They lost a lot of upperclassmen. Yeah, they lost. They lost guys that were up front that were getting sacks a lot last year. And again, not name value guys, but guys that get to the quarterback. So Bo Nix has had time, and that twenty four percent wouldn't surprise me. Uh, he's looked good so far, but he hasn't been pressured. I mean, and, and good's all relative. He's looked good for a freshman. He's. He's got a pretty low completion percentage overall. He hasn't had a really great game. The last game he had, you could call it great. But I watched that game probably closer than our game. Uh, This is the Mississippi State game. Uh, They didn't get to him at all. He was able to sit down. And honestly, that game was over in the first quarter. And in the first probably seven or eight minutes, I think it was 21-0. It was insane. And that wasn't due to Bo Nix. It was just due to Auburn absolutely figured out Mississippi state had it all completely figured out. Um, but these teams just couldn't get to him. Uh, Oregon hurried him seven times, sacked him once. Uh, and Nick's went 13 for 31. So he only completed 42% of his passes. Wow. Had two interceptions, uh, 5.7 yards a pass. So, I mean, they, they got to him. He didn't do shit. So yeah. the second most pressure right after Oregon was Texas A&M. They got to him, or they hurried him four times, one sack. He went 12 for 20 for 100 yards. Like, he just, he does not do well when teams actually get to him. In Mississippi State, like I was saying before, they didn't do much. They sacked him twice. Uh, one was garbage time, though. I'm not even sure if he was in at that point. He might have been up. And that was actually Nathan Pickering, if anybody remembers that name. But, oh, yeah. Yeah, no, no hard feelings there. But uh, only one QB hurry by Mississippi State the entire game against Bo Nix. One QB hurry, 
one sack. And that was throughout the first three and a half quarters. And that's where he dropped off 335 yards and 16 yards of pass. He had time to sit down and pick up, pick it apart. If we get to him, which I mean, I don't know if we can, but we have the pass rush and Auburn has not faced a great rushing team outside of Oregon. I think we can take him down. This is the matchup to watch for me. That's it's our, it's our front seven versus their offensive line because Auburn has an extremely talented veteran offensive line. Every single one of their starting offensive linemen are redshirt seniors. All five. All right. Wow. This is, like, they, they I have a very, actually didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah, they're very talented. A couple of these guys will play in the NFL next year. They have backups are talented. So they, 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 they've stocked the trenches. If you notice, Auburn's got a great defensive line. They've got a solid offensive line. They've stocked the trenches, which is what you should do to build a strong team. Right, especially in the SEC, but yeah, Bo Nix, um, Oregon is the best defense he's placed he's faced this year, and we have at least we have what uh, like nine more sacks on the season than they do. We have twenty four sacks for the season. We're number two in the entire. Country. Um, we also are number one in the entire country in interceptions. Our defense is, and uh, I feel like he has not gone up against a team that is going to provide the pressure. And the the skill level on the secondary in his career. I'm talking about like high school, his entire career. Like he's never placed, he's never faced a team that's going to have this amount of NFL talent, this amount of depth and pass rush. Um, the front, our linebackers will be all over the place. Like Todd Grantham has probably been being a little conservative throughout a couple games. He can't when he goes up against like Kentucky because they obviously like that was the game they wanted to win, so they were playing their hearts out. Um, that's the matchup I want to watch: is can this offensive line protect him enough for them to stay in the game? Because if they can't, Florida will will dominate this kid. They will because he because he doesn't have a chance against that. That being said, their running backs are incredible, and that's why they're that's why he doesn't need to throw for three hundred yards because they've got a great running game. Their top two running top two running backs are both seniors. Like they got a veteran, um, and then you have Jatavius Whitlow, who's a sophomore. You know, it's like they don't that need is, him to win the game. Yeah, that's that's what worries me about this matchup yeah. is that they they are multidimensional, and I I don't know if our defense um, I don't know if our def- defense is seasoned enough against multidimensional teams. Because even last year, we didn't play many teams like that. Um, and I'm not sure how our guys will react. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull a tougher here. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but, but for real, uh, I, I think Missouri last year was pretty multidimensional, and they obviously handled yeah. us with ease. But they, act, they, had, uh, they were much more pass-oriented, and they were able to take advantage of some matchups there. I don't know if we have the same matchup deficiencies even though right. like like you said we we haven't necessarily done a great job of handling these offenses that can do everything we also haven't had many opportunities with the type of defense that we have right now and i'm just comparing i think this like this year and last year obviously our defense and, in years past was fantastic and we also have been without henderson for what three games four games now and zaniga yep and zaniga so like i i heard um ESPN talking about this that Grenard and Zuniga have played one snap together all season. That doesn't sound right. 
I, I don't know if it's, I don't know if that's right. That's what that's I don't think said. that's right. I'm obviously I don't obviously I don't work for ESPN. I don't know that, but Thank God. that's what they said. Um, and doesn't wouldn't surprise me if they have incorrect information. Pretty garbage. But I don't think they played together a lot, though. I'm thinking maybe a game and a and a half, possibly. You know, Miami. Against Miami, they were both. They they crushed it against Miami. They had to have played at the same time. Yeah. I know they were both just ravaging that quarterback. I mean, nice maybe they just alternated. Thank you, thank you. Uh, but that that's what you do to Miami quarterbacks too. Yeah, indeed. But I think maybe what they said. <laughs> I think what they meant to say was that they played <laughs> game together. I think that's what they meant to say. Not one snap, one game. That's what ESPN said. But yeah, like they haven't played that often together. And Zuniga is clearly our best pure defensive end. Grenard's incredible. Moon is a good backup, but now he's been starting because Zuniga's been out. So, like, we're going to be healthy. We're going to have Zuniga back. We're going to have Ventral Miller back. We're going to have, um, fuck, uh, CJ Henderson back. So our defense is going to be healthy and stocked. Our offense, our wide receivers are going to have to ball out because that offensive line is going to, oh, my God. I don't even want to think about what Derek Brown's going to do to our interior Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, 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 slow down, slow down. Let's let's continue talking about this first because uh, yeah, I, I need to I need to talk at the positives before we start talking about. No, 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 people, no. Yeah, I think there's positive to that. That's what I was about to say. It's like, <laughs> it's like, it's like our wide receiver is going to have to ball out because the offensive line is going to be challenged. They're going to have the most difficult challenge so far this year, and they're going to need to step their game up. I think Kyle Trask is going to be ready. I think he's going to be. Essentially, like, listen, if it's not there, throw it away. Who gives a fuck about completion percentage this time? Like, we just need to win the game. Like, that's going to be the mentality, right? Um, And I'm looking forward to the matchups because, yeah, like, I think our defense is significantly better than their offense. I think so. I think our offense might be equal to their defense, which is going to make it a really good matchup, I think. Because I think if if we play to our strengths, which is, Spread the ball out on offense, get the ball out quickly, and we lock down those. Like we just we, we pass rush the fuck out of Bo Nix, and we sack him or at least hit him, you know, because that offensive line is going to protect him. They're not going to get through every time, right? But if we can scare him enough to make mistakes, our secondary is talented enough to pick off those passes and to to stop these guys. We got the, one of the best red zone defenses in college football. So I'm, I'm, I, I honestly feel like people are discounting Florida because we've played meh against teams that we probably should have blown out, like Kentucky and Miami. You That's know? exactly but, why. They, they, they've been doing it because of the Miami game exclusively. I'm convinced. Yeah. Once that happened, yeah. everybody's mind is set. Yeah. But, it's, but, it's like, but I truly believe that we have a very good chance at winning. I think it's going to be a good game. And that's that's my that's my take on on that on positives. Since you don't yeah, to to, to go on with kind of exa- exactly what you were saying, actually, the the defense is significantly better than Auburn's offense. I don't think anybody, well, no, lots of people would actually disagree with that, but I'm convinced that it's significantly better. And yeah. that is just talking actual talent level too. I'm just talking straight up our defense versus their offense. This isn't even factoring in Gus Malzahn has a weird fucking offense. And last year, I don't know if people remember this, but they couldn't do shit on offense. And I know that Gus was like, oh, well, he, he didn't have the play calling and he eventually took it over. But that offense couldn't do shit against Ole Miss. And that was the worst Ole Miss defense I'd seen in my lifetime. That was the worst, one of the worst defenses I've seen in my lifetime. They were garbage. 
and Auburn couldn't move the ball at all. And it wasn't because of the quarterback. It was because that offense fucking sucks when it gets shut down in certain ways. And I think that, so you have, you have, we have the better talent. I think that we actually have the advantage in the coaching aspect of it, because I really do think that Gus Malzahn is not a very good coach. I, I just don't buy him. I never have. And the other part that, that is huge is th- all that is just based off of what we've seen the past few games. We're adding bag Zuniga and Henderson. I mean, that is going to be huge in giving us time. Zuniga is going to be huge in giving time for a cornerback to actually cover. And Henderson is going to be huge in the same aspect. I'm, I'm, I'm really expecting to put the screws to Knicks. I don't think he, he might have that it factor, but he has not been pressured like this. I think he's going to be pressured. He's going to have the, audience just going fucking insane and nuts it's gonna be loud he's not gonna know what to do with himself so that's our that's our way to beat him now if he's the generational quarterback that all the auburn fans are hoping and expecting then maybe it's not gonna face him and he'll end up picking us apart anyways right but but he hasn't seen it yet Uh, we have more sacks than mississippi state and texas a&m combined and those are the two sec sec teams he's played and and it's not just because we played Miami rotating in a high school line uh, offensive tackle. It's because we have an actual insane pass rush and we have really good cover corners. So I'm, I'm, I'm expecting just absolute dominance there. And, and hammer, you had mentioned uh, Whitlow. We we're only going to refer to him by his nickname of booby on this episode. Absolutely. This is, because this that, is, is, that is a necessity. This is the booby episode. That's the title. <laughs> Because <laughs> we are all about boobies here, and I cannot think of any other thing to call him besides because that. because we're twelve. <laughs> Is that really his nickname? That's uh, Booby Willow. Oh, yeah. That's his yeah. name. All right. I actually didn't know that was a nickname. That's something I just learned. <laughs> I just assumed that his parents named him Booby. Yeah, nobody wants to call him Jatarvius or Jatravius or whatever the hell it is. It's Booby. Uh, yeah. Um, he, he, one one more thought on Whitlow. He's had some fumble issues. That's exciting. I'm pulling this up. This is exciting. Uh, I was on the Auburn message board because I had some extra time the other day, and I was looking at, I, th- I think somebody had asked, hey, how do we lose this game? Because they all expect to win. Obviously, we all expect to win. They're a team that expects to win every game. Uh, whether, whether they're right or wrong, they're they're wrong, obviously. They're fucking morons over there. But every one of them was saying their biggest concern was fumbling the ball. They rank 115th in all of the FBS with 2.2 fumbles per game and 105th with one fumble loss per game. I mean, that's just, that's every game too. I mean, that's including even the shitty teams they're playing. They fumble a lot. Uh, Whitlow, Booby fumbled three times in that two lane game and lost two of them. So if you're wondering how did Auburn play two lane close 24 to six, that's how he fumbled three times. Um, that, that seems like a, be a huge issue. That it's it's. I mean, three three times in one game, and what was that? I'm trying to remember. Was that the second or third game? I don't know, but maybe it's something that he he's able to fix. But usually, when a guy starts showing fumbling issues, he has those. Yeah. So let's say what? we're able to slow down Knicks. I mean, they're gonna do if they start fumbling the ball too. In that game against Tulane, did they bench him after that, or did they just keep playing him? I can pull it up, but I mean, he had three fumbles. I think they kept yeah. playing him. Like, how do you even get to three fumbles? Like, I don't <laughs> know. I don't know of a coach, especially against a G5 team. Like, just put in the backup. You know, it's 
after the second one, you you sit him down and you let him rest for the rest of the game because he's not ready to play. Yeah, usually you don't hear about three phones. Usually it's the second one and you're done. I mean, sometimes it's one and done, but yeah, three's kind of odd. He did he did only lose two for whatever it's worth. So maybe there was some kind of weird handoff, fumble exchange. I don't know, but it could be. I'm pulling. I'm I'm trying to pull up the box score now to see what other running backs actually got carries because I know they they give the other guy the ball a decent bit. Uh, it's usually kind of a two to one ratio. I want to say Cam Martin's the other dude, and he had ten rushes that game for thirty two yards, and Booby had twenty three rushes for ninety six yards, a touchdown, and three fumbles. Then they had the quarterbacks running. So that that's um that they're they their receivers they have unique receivers, but none of them overly scary outside of Schwartz and he's only scary because of his insane speed and our safeties suck ass sometimes. So I'm worried that he's just going to go right at the middle and be 30 yards open for deep, deep right. touchdowns. They're going to probably put Kimbrough on him the entire time. He's on the field. Well, do you think so? Really? We don't play Kimbrough. I would love that. I would love to, to have somebody that can just body him off the ball right away. And I would no. love to see a wrinkle like that on defense where it's like, you know, they go in expecting it to just be, you know, trading or, <laughs> or whatever. And, and we're just like, oh, so that's what you thought? Well, fuck you. Here's, here's this one guy who, yeah, he's a freshman, but he's pretty good at this one thing. And he's, he's just going to he, hug. He's just going to hug Schwartz. He's played a lot this season. Kimbro has. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking at the snap count. He has split uh, almost 45% of the split of the snaps all season on the uh, left side. Yeah, he's um, he's yeah. They're both they're both playing a ton. So may, maybe we do. Maybe we put Kim one of those fast. guys in. Like he's the fast. He's probably the fastest guy out of all those guys in terms of just pure speed. Um, he's got that that fluid movement. He yeah. he runs effortlessly. He reminds me. He reminds me of Chauncey. Yeah. Um, and so I would like to see him step into that role that Chauncey played last year. Yeah. Dean's playing out of position, and we can talk about more about that some other time. But he's. I don't know what's going on. Like he's he's probably better built as if he doesn't play pure corner on the outside like he did last year, he's probably a better safety. And yeah, they're trying him too agree. hard at like a linebacker hybrid thing, and it's just not. He's just out of position. Yeah. He's not comfortable. Like he doesn't like, like he didn't like to tackle when he was a corner. He like, looks why uncomfortable. Would, why would he want to tackle now? Like 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 corners don't like to fucking tackle. Okay, <laughs> like they don't. I I have been around corners for a long time and i have met maybe like three of them that like to tackle you got darrell revis um you had um, joe hayden ty, ty law um and then you also have uh, richard sherman those three guys love to tackle no one else they don't really care are you skipping my dog joe hayden or do you don't you don't think he loves to tackle nah, he's a normal he's a he's a, a normal corner he's good at it but he doesn't enjoy it no they don't maybe, like to maybe do it they, they don't like to tackle like that like Cornerbacks are wide receivers who don't like to tackle. Who don't like to, who don't want to get tackled, so they don't want to tackle anybody. Like, like that's all they are. Like, no one, no one enters middle school or high school football saying, "I want to play corner." They all want to play wide receiver. They all want to be the flashy guy, catches the touchdown that wins the championship, and they get hit once over the middle by some fucking linebacker, and they go, "Fuck this! I'm a corner now." That's what most <laughs> corners do. <laughs> like, that's where they all come from. Um, that's why most of them play both ways. That's how babies are made. <laughs> <laughs>
not to yeah i guess we we kind of fell off topic there so yeah back, back to schwartz again for a second yeah so that motherfucker Sorry, fast it would be wonderful to see us actually play somebody that's surprising where because i mean right now auburn's just licking their chops like yeah we're gonna fucking throw schwartz right out there as soon as dean's on him and we know those shitty ass safeties aren't going to be looking and he's just going to go fucking straight up the middle and he's touchdown he's going to catch it 10 yards down the field and he's going to be wide open for a score split everybody uh it would be wonderful if we could throw somebody in there that they weren't expecting i i haven't seen it this season yet we saw it a lot last season where we had wrinkles in every single game um, we finally have the personnel to mix it up and do something like that. I don't think we had it on defense last year where we could actually, if we had, if we had a mismatch last year, we were kind of fucked this year. I don't think we're in that position. Let's see if we take advantage. Yeah. Schwartz is obviously going to catch. He's going to, he's going to make some plays like he, he's too much of a playmaker with his speed not to include him. Um, but I really see them putting our fat, like one of our fastest corners on him man-to-man coverage with probably some safety help over the top, you know? Um, and that's it. That's They're going to eliminate the long shorts. Now, if they don't do that, then I have no idea what the fuck Grantham is game planning then, to be honest. like, And this is just coming from my experience doing this for a long time. I never was a coach. I never game planned, but I helped assist with a lot of this stuff. You don't, you don't just let a guy like that run open. There's, there's teams... The reason why he does because teams can't stop it, right? Like, we, we, yeah, we, we have the ability to stop it. So, like, if it's not if it's not in our game plan, then either Grantham doesn't have faith in our guys, or our guys are not playing at playing. Like, we're getting like that. It's like it's one of it's one of those two at that point. Maybe that's maybe that's CJ's role for this oh, game. That, yeah, you know, because I mean, CJ's got the speed. Right, he's got the speed, and I mean, they played to get or did they play? That was Marco. They, no, they didn't. No, no, that Marco, was Marco played with him. Yeah, but CJ, oh, I, I think he probably played him. They they were all in South Florida at the same time. They all knew each other. They all played right. against each other. I'm pretty sure that they played a couple of times, and that's just in high school. I'm sure they kind of they grew up playing each other too. Different All Star teams and whatnot. I don't know what they did on there. South Florida is weird, but I'm pretty sure they played together a good bit against each other. So do what? Uh, what do you have any more prepared thoughts? Is that? Yeah, uh, we haven't really discussed our offense too much. This is all how we're going to handle them from the defensive standpoint. So if we are happy with our defensive ends, absolutely manhandling Bo Nix. If we're happy with Tadero Slayton and his huge improvement in one single game, and how he's going to completely shut down their run game and make booby fumble six times. And if we're happy with Henderson laying out Schwartz every single play, then I think we can move on to the offense. All right. Offense time. Do it. So right. Derek, Derek Brown is going to make babies. I'm so scared of him. <laughs> I'm, I, have, I have to be real. That that dude is insane. Um, oh, okay. Mar- Mar- Marlon Davidson is going is to come up behind him and run a train on whoever he hit the first time. Let's um, get some NFL expertise from you. I want to. I I have an NFL question for you. Where do you have Where do you have Derek Brown going? Top five. What do you think he would go ahead of Chase Young? Who do you think is the best defensive lineman? It depends what you're looking for. Well, if you're looking for the best. Yeah. Well, some Derek Brown is a he's a different type of player. Like Chase Young, (sighs) 
he he's like a typical he's a typical defensive end. Chase Young. He's he's he can play three four. He can play four three. He's just like the Bosa's that have come out of Ohio State. Like he's going to make his plays. He's going to make his sacks. What sets Derek Brown apart, and I'm going to make sure I have it right here, um, because they don't have it correct. Yeah, so he's six foot five, three hundred and twenty pounds, and I'm pretty sure he's probably going to break the record for the forty at the combine for defensive tackle. It's not terrifying at all. Yeah, um, he's just one of the he he he's like he reminds me of the Masu high school he was in college. Like just you cannot stop him. All you can do is slow him down. That's it. You can't stop him. He's going to get there. You just have to try to slow him down. It's um, everything. Like he is probably the most talented defensive tackle I have seen in a while, um, because he he understands the game. Like he, from what I have heard, he likes to actually, he likes to ask the coaches like why, why do you have me doing this? Why do you have this defensive end coming behind? Like he wants to know more about how the defense is like strategically laid out. So he knows what everyone else is supposed to do. Um, you have to admire that. That's awesome. Yeah, he's a smart guy. Um, <laughs> I, I would like a player like that one day. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> like he's he's going he's going to get to Kyle Trask a couple times probably. Um, the ball. Because yeah. our offensive line is going to have to slow. They they they're have to slow him down. Like that's it. Either have to slow him down. They're gonna have to double team him. They're gonna have to hope that that our wide receivers can get open quickly enough for some short intermediate throws. I highly doubt we're ever gonna be able to set up play action because he's gonna be in that backfield, probably picking up whatever running backs trying to block him and throwing them off to the side and then touching Trask with his like pinky and sacking him. Right. Um. So yeah, Derek Brown is going to dominate this game. That does not mean we're going to lose. If you're listening, it just means that. Be prepared to hear, oh man, he's in the backfield again, and there goes Trask. Um, you're going to hear it a lot. It is, it, you, just, you can't stop the guy, so it's cool. How do I slow him down? How do I remove him from completely taking over the game? That's what the offensive line is now. He'll, uh, he'll bat a of, few balls too. I mean, just everything. He's not gonna, he's not gonna, like, like, Derek Brown is not going to win the game probably. There you go. He's not going to win the game for Auburn. He's going to make it very difficult for us to win. And y'all hear it here first. Derek Brown is a loser per hammer. <laughs> this is yeah. one of those games where I feel significantly more warm and fuzzy with Dan Mullen. Um, just because, like, you know, he's he has seen situations like this before where there is a dominant player that you have to game plan for. And it might not be the perfect game plan. And you know, who knows if our guys are actually going to be able to execute it. But I'm pretty confident that he's going to figure out a way to slow him down or to play around him, you know, to whatever extent that is possible. Mullen is going to is going to find whatever that is. That's a great point. He's no stranger to this playing in the SEC West for 10 years or right. however long he's he seen was some, there. He's seen some glass eaters. In his, he's seen, in his yeah, he's seen some fucking defenders out there. That's for sure. So I Here, can tell you guys with complete certainty. That if he left, if Derek Brown left the draft last year, I wouldn't he? Yeah. The, 49, Sorry, the 49ers were going to take him number two. Over. Okay, let's let's go on. We were discussing this earlier. I can't remember if it was on 
on record or if this is before, before Craig jumped in. I've just found somebody who made a dumber decision than Justin Fields then. Derek Brown. Why didn't why didn't he go? If you're gonna go top two, just go. There's zero reason to come back. Yeah, especially to live in the Bay Area. My God. What, oh. what a beautiful dream. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's just everything about I, I, outside of having to play for San Francisco, obviously. Everything else about this is wonderful. If you're gonna go top two, you're a defensive lineman, you're getting your ass beat up. I just don't understand why you're going to risk getting some kind of mauling injury where somebody falls on the back of your legs. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't say that it was a wrong decision because he clearly wanted to go back. Um, and he yeah, just loves, the, plain, to, he just loves yeah. the plains of West Georgia. Came back. Um, like that was a big deal too. It's like Derek Brown, not only did he, Marlon Davidson, who probably at the worst what is going to be a second round pick last year, also came back. They both agreed that if they were going to come back for the senior years, they were going to do it together with the hope that they were going to make it to the playoff. Like that was their mentality. Derek yeah, Brown, Marlon, yeah, and and they're really good at it. Like they're they're both two of the best at their positions in college football. Auburn really went years. out of their uh, their recruiting budget there to make this happen, didn't they? <laughs> Bags were dropped. <laughs> uh, that's a joke obviously obviously no team would ever pay somebody to come back no. and skip their nfl career this that would definitely, be very very cruel and definitely just, not auburn yeah. they have no, no history of paying players at all by far the least likely team to do that too here's a stat uh speaking of Derek brown and marlon davison because i i was pulling stats earlier just because i was having fun doing it good and bad uh, auburn's four sack leaders they're four top sack guys are three of them are their starting interior defensive linemen, uh, Brown, Davidson, and Co. Nick Co. Is that his name? He's I think he's yeah, a defensive end, but but he they, those three are are the three four D linemen that they line up the most. The fourth is a safety, which means in their three four, their linebackers and Bucks don't do shit to get sacks. The well, other no, play- Nick 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 Co. is their outside linebacker. He's, he, I think he is a defensive end, but may, may, you might be right. You might they be right. Play, they play him out. Yeah, because he, they move big, him around. He's six five two ninety, so he plays end and up. Okay, so this this is slightly tearing apart my point because I had it <laughs> to where every single person besides their three defensive linemen they play up front and their safety combined for three and a half sacks. That's the total they got outside of those those three beasts up front and the safety. And I thought that was just insanely low, but. Hammer goes and shits on my point like always and tears it apart. So there we are. I was thinking they were going to struggle to get a pass rush outside of the interior uh, against uh, Stone Forsyth and the stone wall that is John Delance. But nope, Delance is going to face Nick Coe and obviously just get his ass beat again. So there we go. Hopefully Trask can find a way to stop that. Nick Coe is the same height and like 12 pounds lighter than Delance. And he's probably a lot faster than him. That bodes well for us. Just to let you guys know. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, hold on, hold on. Okay. So since since, since since you've torn up the one stat, let's drop another one that Hammer can tear apart too. Uh, Auburn on the season has a total of one interception. It's one interception, and I think we could all agree, except for Hammer, we could all agree that interceptions a lot of the times are a product of a fantastic pass rush. What do you think about that? 
they have one interception as a team. Their entire team has one interception. I I've I've got a little bit of uh, I, I don't know I don't know if th- this would necessarily be considered insight, but um, I believe uh, Steele's mo, their defensive coordinator, is generally not very aggressive with the defensive back play. Um, I think they generally try to just keep keep whatever's happening in front of them. Um, and so I, I think that would probably be a big part of that is that they're, they're just content to, uh, prevent passes from being completed or, uh, limit teams to short passes, um, and not really go for the big play in the secondary. And stop the run, obviously, because their run defense is phenomenal. Right. Yeah. So yeah, they're sitting at 13 sacks in the season and one interception. So maybe that part of that is him not being as aggressive, but both of those are very low numbers. Um, they are low numbers, but you're going to look at too. We have we have nine interceptions on the season's defense and 20 pass deflections. Auburn has 18. So their pass defense is still making some damage. They're just not picking off the ball, like and and like. I even had uh, the guy because we have uh, five questions coming out with uh, with Wardam Eagle tomorrow, and he even said that his biggest concern is his secondary because that's there's the thinnest on their defense. They rotate two to three deep because no one's really standing out as the top guy, which kind of reminds me a little bit of our safeties. We're kind of rotating so many of them. Um, so yeah, I mean, it could make they might just not have the talent to to do that, you know, and that's why their pass rush is is elite and if they did have an elite pass rush they probably have a really really bad defense this year honestly so it's hard to it's hard to compare straight up a team versus like like team a versus team b and then like that team versus a versus a different team it's hard to kind of do an apples to apples comparison but i'm gonna do one right now and i want to see what y'all think about this too uh kentucky and Auburn both played Mississippi State, so they have a like opponent. Uh, we played Kentucky, obviously, and we were able to handle their pass rush for the most part. Uh, we, it helped that Trask came in because Franks wasn't doing anything, but it wasn't because Franks was getting pressured. It was because he was just sitting, 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 and not doing anything. That's not really a pass rush. Uh, Kentucky and Auburn had virtually identical pass rush stats against Mississippi State. They both did almost the same thing. So I'm wondering, Kentucky is obviously not considered this fantastic rushing team. So I'm, I'm just wondering, is Auburn on that kind of level? And if they are, if they struggle to get that pass rush pressure, outside of Derrick Brown, which we've already agreed, we have to find a way to stop that interior from just collapsing completely. If we're able to stop that pass rush, that gives Trask a ton of time. And I think that's our chance for the offense to do anything. Giving him time to sit in that pocket. I agree. I mean, if our if our wide receivers, like I said, are going to have to play, they're going to have to have the best game they've had in a long time. Like those guys are going to have to step up. They're going to have to get open because, like, I'm pretty sure we'll probably double team like Heggy and Buchanan will take on Derek Brown, and that's probably the best matchup we could hope for. Comes offensive line is put our two best offensive linemen on this guy and double them, right? But then that leaves Delance. Um, was it is it Chris Bleak? Is that his name? Like I think Bleak? I think he may be pulled for Garage. Garage, okay. So Garage, um, 
and then you have Forsyth one-on-one with the rest of the Auburn defense. That's pretty much what it is, right? So fortunately, we have a lot of talented wide receivers. I'm sure we'll be using P. Ryan a lot more often in the backfield to help, like, chip block, to help, you know, give Trask that extra one to two seconds he may need to find the open guy. So I, I'm confident of Mullen being able to scheme around Brown. I just want to temper people's expectations. He's going to get his sacks. Like the, You cannot stop the guy. He's going to eventually win, but you can negate him enough to be successful. Do we prefer having Derek Brown be the guy that that gets in there for the occasional sack than having some guy blitz blindside behind Trask? Yes, well, very much. I would definitely prefer that. And I would, I mean, honestly, if Derek Brown doesn't make any damage, then we're doing a great job at preventing him from doing so. But that means we're probably leaving someone else open. Like, right. I'd, you know, I'd rather, I'd rather have it in front of Trask. I think yes. he could at least see it coming and maybe prevent it because I am scared. I mean, he doesn't have that. He that doesn't have the experience. Awareness. Yeah, and his and he's shown that his awareness is is a little limited. So I'm worried about him rearing back to throw it and having the guy just slap his arm because he's not prepared and have that same mental clock to time the defensive end coming way around the outside. So I mean, it's it's preferable to me to have Brown. I, we still have to stop him, but it's preferable to if somebody's going to get in there, let him get in there. Let Trask maybe he'll throw it away or maybe he'll just take a three-yard sack rather than the eight-yard drop-back sack and move on to the next play. I agree. So, like, uh, we aren't going to be able to run <laughs> well, in this game. Do, do you want to run? We haven't run all year. It's kind is of... That, I mean, like, it's... it's kind of, that's kind of last year, the running thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, there's not even a point in really analyzing it. It's just not going to happen. Well, and hold on, it. hold on, hold on. Let's analyze something. Do we see Pierce this yeah. game? Do we see Probably. him? Let me change it. Do we do we see Pierce in a in a heavier role to where it matters rather than just mop up time where it doesn't? No, I wouldn't be surprised because I've I remember in watching a lot of like the Florida practice they were doing a lot of two back sets. I wouldn't be surprised if they did that. I guess perhaps in that context, sure. Yeah. Uh, like but I have P Ryan on one side, Pierce on. One. Yeah. Gonna hand I, off, I, you know. Yeah. I don't. If it comes down to P. Ryan or Pierce, I expect P. Ryan will still be the guy. Um, and he should be. The dude's a better pass blocker. Yeah, and, right. And he understands the offense more than Pierce is. I'm not discounting yeah. Pierce. I think Pierce is a better pure running back than everyone else on our roster right now. I think he's the best Mind. running back on the roster. I just don't think yeah. he's the best player to be in the backfield on a consistent basis yet. And in a game, in a game like this, in a game like this, you know, I would hope that our coaching staff has the common sense to just realize, you know, it's not it's not worth a marginal half yard per per carry difference, you know, right. um, to sacrifice that 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 uh, you know the plus that Piran brings to the passing game. Right. Okay. I completely agree. And and I'm, this game is not going to be one with the run anyways. We all realize that. Um, the Auburn staff realizes that, and obviously Mullins realizes that. So while we'll still run it a little bit just to maybe keep them honest, I don't I don't know what you want to call it, but we'll run it a little bit. Uh, we're going to need Piran in there to run or to pass block. And if Pierce can't do it, then it has to be Piran because we have to get that extra pass blocker in because – Someone's going to be busting through, like we said. We need we need that running back in there to kind of just put another shoulder on it and lay lay the guy off a little bit, just to give Trask that extra piece of time he's going to need. 
I know we're saying this, but I'm pretty sure Dan Mullen will probably get cute and put Iverson Coleman out there for a, a inside the middle run first play of the game. Fuck it. I would love it. I would love it. I want to see something that they don't expect. We haven't seen any offensive wrinkles yet, and we haven't really needed them. The Miami game would have been the game to do it, but that I, was just I, our first game. I would look for a lot more um, wide receiver uh, screens. Yeah. Um, yes. You're going to probably see a lot more like end arounds with like Hammond, possibly Grimes or Copeland. You know, those are the speed guys. David um, Wonderlook had a, a really good uh, analysis of those types of plays. Um, that we saw quite a bit of this past week. Um, he had a really good article and film study breaking that down today. Uh, you can find that on Gator Country, I think, is who he writes for. Cool. I'll check that does, out. He, does he not do that on Twitter anymore? I know I he used to do the, the Twitter Yeah, videos. I don't know if he does. I, I, I just saw the article uh, is all that I saw. I, I've been missing them. I like that. Um, it, but if, yeah. it's on, if it's on the website, I'll go check that out. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, it's we could we could analyze this game until we're blue in the face. Are we, are we doing our score prediction? Yeah, let's, I think, yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's get on to the score, score prediction and mailbag after that. All right, score prediction and mailbag. All right, I will go. I want to go first this time. I went went last last time. I'll go last. Um, all right. So you guys have heard what I said. I think Brown's going to make his damage. I think our offensive line is going to have to play at a very high level offensively. We're at a mismatch. Their front seven's better than our offensive line. I don't think anyone's going to discount that. I think our wide receivers are better than their corners. We have a very good chance at making really good plays as long as Trask is protecting the ball. Defensively, I think we have a really good shot at shutting down the entire Auburn offense. I think it's going to be a close battle. I don't think it's going to be pretty. I think it's going to be a bunch. Of, I think, honestly, it's whoever has the most turnovers is going to win because there's going to be turnovers. Like, I expect a couple picks or fumbles. I don't know who's going to do what, but we're going to have a lot of turnovers. It's going to be time management. It's going to be an ugly, brutal, badass motherfucking game. The is going to win 28-21. Interesting. Um, I've gone back and forth on this about 100 times this week. Uh, so what you're hearing is my analysis, my prediction as of Wednesday night at 11.15 Central Time. Um both teams have quarterbacks that are inexperienced in games like this. So that's kind of a wash for me. That's always the first thing I look at is, you know, which whichever team has better quarterback play is going to win in college football a lot of the time. I don't know if that's a wash. I think Trask is the better quarterback. But as far as experience, that's a wash. And I think that's what this is going to come down to. Um, Auburn is a very experienced team in a lot of their position groups. And I think that's going to be the edge. Um, so I'm going to take Auburn 20 to 17. Um, and part of that too is the history of Florida versus Auburn. It's been shitty um, for the most part for at least as long as I can remember. And so, yeah, I'm going 2017 Auburn. I might feel differently by the time this is posted tomorrow, but that's where I'm at right now on Wednesday night. And just so everyone knows, I am going to remove to Gator as a pod from Gators after the podcast. I'm just kidding. Kind of. That's Cut not very nice. Yeah. Those are those are mean jokes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I would never remove the I like I added both these guys as mods, so I would never remove them. If Hammer removes us, that would just be admitting failure, and that's yeah. not something that you do. Correct. <laughs> uh, right. okay. This game 
as every Auburn game has ever proven before, is a complete mystery. We never know what Auburn's going to bring. I've been going back and forth a lot too, but not in the way that Tofery has. I don't think that Auburn has any chance of blowing us out, contrary to what a lot of other people do. I don't think it's going to be anything close to a blowout. So the back and forth I've gone is, is it going to be this close three-point game that's essentially a coin flip, or do we blow them out? I have a lot of trouble thinking we can actually do that with the experience they have up front on both sides of the ball and with them not having any huge weaknesses on the defense. I know that their defensive backs have some issues, and I know that maybe they could struggle to get some pressure, but I don't think they have the type of – like last year when we played Missouri, we had Foshan Joseph, who was out of position, and David Reese trying to cover Agubugabuga, whatever the hell his name was. We had no chance. Uh, I don't think they have that where we can just completely exploit a matchup and dominate. So I'm I'm vague I'm slightly leaning away from the domination where I've actually gone back and forth thinking we can win this game by a good 14 to 20 points. Um, right now I'm on the close game bandwagon, so I'm going to go with something probably higher scoring than most. I'll go with 32 to 26, Florida. Uh, something that I I forgot I was going to uh, mention during my analysis. I've seen a lot of speculation this past week that this is reminiscent of that 2015 Ole Miss game where (laughs) they came in and were unprepared and we just blew their doors off. And I just don't see that being this, this, I I don't see this being that kind of game. Um, I don't think there's any chance that Auburn comes in unprepared, although that would be delightful and I would shit my pants with happiness, but I don't see it. There's a huge difference here, and the difference is, and I know this full well because I was more pumped for that Ole Miss Florida game than anybody having the connections that I do to both teams. Uh, and and actually, I think that was my first visit to the Swamp since, oh, 2011 or 12. might have been 11. So that was my first visit in four years. I was pumped, and I knew we were going to beat their ass. I knew we were going to win that game. Um, Ole Miss – had a bunch of really good random skill players piecemealed together. They didn't have this insane line. Their offensive line was good, but they had a lot of pieces just missing. Their defensive line had Kemdichi and a couple other really good guys, but they didn't have this crazy depth. Auburn has that. They have the depth and the experience on the offensive and defensive line. So that's that's where it falls apart in thinking that in my thinking that we're going to just blow the doors off of them entirely. So I, I do I do agree with that. I, they just have too much experience, too much, um, too much experience up front to where they're they're going to be able to slow it down if necessary. Yeah. And then and then um, and one I guess one more thing, just to to go back to last week's predictions, um, I think I took forty five nothing over Towson. I feel like I was pretty close to that. I was a touchdown off. I think we could have scored one more if we had really wanted to. So. I'm just going to say I, I did pretty well on that prediction. So obviously my prediction this week is going to be the closest again. Obviously. Uh, that's the only possible solution here. It's logical. Let's answer some of these mailbag questions and, and uh, crank it out. Yeah. Let's, should, we, should we alternate asking them? How should we do this? Yeah. <laughs> maybe what we can do is each of us can ask, ask a couple. We'll just alternate. And then yeah. once we run out, then maybe we'll bring back some others. But we're going to pick some of our favorites here. There's a lot of really good ones. Some are kind of similar to each other. 
And I will say, if we don't answer yours, it's not that we didn't want to answer it. It's that Tofri didn't want to answer it. No, it's that I don't like you personally. And so there's a chance that if you don't hear it, we actually did answer it. But then I realized who asked it, and I decided to edit it out. So it's, it's either that or it's a really stupid question. So you can decide whether or not it's actually you or it's your idiocy. That's, that's getting the question knocked off the air. But it's definitely one of the two if you the, don't make it. The bottom line is if you don't hear your question, it's because you're worthless. <laughs> so the first one I'm going to ask because I asked it and it's at the top. And uh, this will be the first one that's also edited out by Tofuri. This is for both of you. If you had the option to do the Thanos snap and evaporate any college football program of your choosing, or Isis, which team would you pick? Hammer? I'm going to go with UGA. Uh, I would go with FSU uh, because I would really love uh, to corner the in-state market um, in the way that LSU has just developed a stranglehold on Louisiana talent. I would like to do that with Florida talent and eliminating FSU. You know, it's you'd still have Miami little brother nipping at the heels down in South Florida, but, um, you know, that makes that path a whole lot easier. Uh, and, and it makes it a lot easier if they don't exist, if FSU's program doesn't exist, like in the legislature, we can just do what the fuck ever we want. Like we can get laws passed in the way that UGA has. We can divert all sorts of funding the way that LSU probably does. I'm assuming. I don't Allegedly. know. I mean, I don't know. Like, not even not even illegally. It's just like their French based law system in that state is so fucking weird. Like, who who the hell French, knows what's going on French anyway? French based law system. Yeah, it's their their is it government. Even a law system. Their government is based in like in in French law originally. They're one of the only states that's like that. It's written in original Creole, actually. If you didn't actually, know, that's, that's a language. Their constitution, their constitution is actually just a gumbo recipe. <laughs> uh, I want to give my answer. Uh, I'm going to go with Tennessee. You can't answer your own question. I can answer my own fucking question. If you want to edit it out, then that's up to Tofuri. But I'm going to go with Tennessee. You need I to set edit myself it out. Up. Hey, Zatan, can you do me a favor? Yeah. Can you say babies? Babies. All right, Tof, make sure you edit that shit so that he wants to eliminate babies. Oh, okay. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> I mean, I could just I could just talk about eliminating babies, and then, and then he could just cut whatever words out he wants to. And... <laughs> There's the, I, have, I have zero control out of this, over this, outside of just not saying I want to eliminate babies. And if I just don't say something like that. I'm going to need audio files of both of you reading the entire dictionary before the next time we record <laughs> so I can just edit the show to be whatever I want it to be. Deal. So the reason the, the reason that uh, that I picked Tennessee, it is amazing that they still have fans at this point. They have to really love that program to be able to put up with the kind of shit that that program puts them through. I mean, really love that program. You have to you have to have some kind of. I mean, this is this is your your just absolute failure of a son who's just let you down at every single moment, does drugs, does the wrong decision, marries multiple people at the same time. I mean, just all kinds of shit. And you just really want to disown him. But at the same time, he's family. And you decide, you know what? I need to be a good person, set the example, and keep him around. That's Tennessee right there with their fans. So I want to take away their football team and see how they handle that because I think they'd all fall apart. And I hate Tennessee fans. I think that'd be really funny. Preach. The whole state would implode. 
They would have nothing, and I would enjoy that. All right. Uh, someone else take one. Um, all right. What? No, I don't want to do that one. Um, <laughs> he, he read your name and I, that one was cut <laughs> he's like shit this is such a good question but no I really can't bring myself <laughs> what's what's our take on how Copeland has done uh, filling Tony's role and that question is asked by DZ underscore helper didn't we have enough Billy Gonzalez hate earlier do we need some more of that I, don't because I, got, I got plenty of it I don't know if anyone can really fit Tony's role because I really don't know what Tony's role is. Yeah, no. it's uh, you know what <laughs> Copeland is doing a great job of not knowing what the <laughs> fuck to do when it comes to running routes. So in that respect, he is excelling in the Tony role. Let's see, A plus. Yeah, I, yeah. They, I mean, there's there's the whole mystery factor, and you do not know what Copeland's going to do either. So I I agree, he's he's definitely fulfilling that. I'll give it a B minus, but I think he's doing a pretty good job of it. It's different, but uh, you know, it. I think he can develop into something that we haven't seen Tony develop into. So I think it's good for future development, if nothing else. Better because he's giant, absolutely ripped. Tony yes, doesn't is. have that, but we haven't seen it before because, well, I'm not going to get into it because we've already done that. That's what we spent yep. the first fifteen Been minutes there, on. Done that. All right, well, uh, Hammer, ask a question. Okay, uh, this is by pronounced it wrong. It's for all three of us. Um, who is your Smash Brothers main? Um, okay, so I'll get this out of the way. Uh, I was not raised in a Nintendo household. I was, in that respect, abused as a child. So I don't have a Smash Brothers main. <laughs> um, it's something that I'm ashamed of. I live in shame with it every day, and I avoid having to answer questions about things like smash brothers and mario and shit like that because i'm just not well versed in it i'm just glad that you're willing to admit it it's, and that's the first step yes please please no shaming it's i it, it's I, I know what it is this is hard for him people this is really hard i'm proud i'm proud of you i really Thank am you. let's end who's yours uh, okay. Well, you Tofer took my answer. <laughs> really? <laughs> uh, okay. So I I grew up in the kind of household where it wasn't not an, it's not like it wasn't a Nintendo household. It was the household that I got the gaming system seven or eight years after yes! it came out. Yes. So I would I would get it when it goes on sale, not when the next one comes out, but when the next one and a half comes out. Like I was always at least a system and a half behind at minimum. So these types of games, the only way I got to play them was going over to the cool friend's house who had the cool parents who didn't give a shit. I do remember playing with Captain Falcon a lot and the Falcon Punch. So that's probably what, what I would go with. Okay, I can accept that. Um, this is Sorry. The, the, it, it's just, this is like another one of those expositional things where like, uh, it turns out that me and Zlat are actually like 98% the same person. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we have a grandfather or something in common. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, for sure. A little creepy. Well, I'll answer your question. Since these guys clearly don't play video games. Um, <laughs> the fucking loser. <laughs> uh, if I had to pick a Smash Brothers main, um, I'd probably pick Ganondorf. So, who the fuck's yeah. Ganondorf? I don't even know who that is. Is that from a newer Smash Brothers? No, he's I played the, the original. He's the main bad guy in all Legend. Cool. Yep. 
Okay. Awesome. Nice <laughs> <laughs> Moving along. Yeah, I, have, I have nothing more to that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll let me ask a different one then. That one was kind of meh. All right. That's fine. I liked it. I enjoyed it. That was All good. Right. So this thank, is from, thank you pronounced. This is, this is from Zeus Apollo two nine nine zero. Um, who would be your ideal coach to replace Coach Gonzalez if they left? I got one. Go for it. Uh, I I don't know if he's struggling right now and going to get fired, but I saw some dissension. So I'm going to go with Josh Gaddis at Michigan. He, I think he's the offensive coordinator there, and he was the wide receiver coach for Alabama. Um, I want somebody who can recruit, and he can recruit with the best of them. So maybe he gets fired from the OC and needs to take a year or two off. Uh, and I, obviously I'm not taking long, longevity into uh, the equation here because I, he wouldn't last very long. But I want somebody who can recruit because if you can't coach, at least recruit. And right now he's yeah. not doing either. Yeah, I was I was gonna say um, whichever sacrificial lamb uh, Mike Loxley has to offer up this off season <laughs> because that that is quickly taking the turn at Maryland that I think a lot Ooh. of us expected it to take. Um, Which is and so, so there's there's gonna be some the first two games. He he almost had us. He really did. <laughs> yeah, I was starting to question myself. We're like, what's going on here? This can't be right. Yeah. Um. But yeah, what whoever whoever's head rolls in that situation, you know, is probably going to be a, an elite recruiter if nothing else. Yeah. I think Auburn has one too. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to remember some of these names. Josh Gaddish is currently the offensive coordinator at Michigan. Yeah. 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 That's what I was going to pick as well. It was Alabama was formerly Alabama's yeah. wide receiver coach. Yeah, so that's a, that's a pretty yeah. good one. I mean, if we ever pick him anybody, I'll just take him. Who yeah. was that guy? Who was the guy at Oregon and Washington that was rumored to be oh. our receivers coach like yeah. four different times? What was that guy's name? Evan something. Um, Lubick. Was it Lubick? Yeah, Lubick. Lubick. Oh, he, okay, Lubick. Lubick. That's right, because he took the job at Ole Miss for three days. Oh before, yeah, yeah. Before going to a Texas school afterwards, it was the craziest thing. Uh, yeah, we we dodged a bullet there. I think. I think he has some weird yeah. issues going on. He's a little yeah, flaky. But, he's really unemployed. Him. There you go. He's, yeah, he's got some weird things. Do you have yeah, some insight that you would like to share there, Hammer? Sounds, sounds like there's I, a little more to this. I do not. All I know is that he's unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> he's holding out on us right now. <laughs> yeah, you don't. You do not have the insight, or you do not want to share the insight. Um. Yeah, there you go. Okay, yeah, that, gotcha. no, no more yeah. needs to be said. Yeah. Bingo. He's unemployed. Yeah, there. I knew there were some weird things there when when that all happened. So clearly, he's got some skeletons or something. Um, next question, I'll ask one. This is from CKC three two nine. And if I mispronounce your name, I'm not going to apologize because these are Reddit usernames and these aren't normal names. Uh, do y'all see Grantham leaving after this year? Yes. Also. I had to finish up the question, but oh, this is going to be on, on Grantham. Also, it has been mentioned on the last pod that Hev is interviewed to be a head coach, but Billy hadn't. Who on our staff seems to be more inclined to interview for coordinator or head coach positions? So let's start with, uh, I guess, a two-parter. Do you see Grantham leaving? And then the second part would be uh, who might take on a big pay raise, big uh, promotion at a different team. I do see Grantham leaving. Keep in mind though he's only he's never gonna he's not gonna leave for a lateral move anymore. Like he's at the stage of his career where he thinks he's proved that he can be an NFL head uh not NFL, an NFL defensive coordinator or college head coach. Um so he's gonna either take one of those two. 
That's how I feel about that. Um, and the answer to the second part, to be honest, uh, Torian Gray and Brian Johnson, top two that come to my mind, on guys who would interview for major positions elsewhere. Yeah. Johnson, for sure. Uh, he was the offensive coordinator at Houston. It was his last gig before this one. And so I have to imagine he wants to, to get his foot back in that door uh, sooner rather than later. My hope would be that, because those are two of my favorite coaches, my hope would be that we get rid of a coach I don't like that is currently an offensive coordinator that uh, that I will that will be unnamed and promote Brian Johnson to take his spot. And then we can get somebody actually good in. And then the same deal with Torian Gray. Right now, he's co-defensive back coach or the cornerback coach, whatever the fuck you want to call it. But we have two defensive back coaches. One is Torian Gray, a masterful coach, and one is a giant flaming piece of shit. I would like to get rid of that flaming piece which, of shit. This which is very one, which, one, which one is which? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow down. <laughs> I'm just I don't follow. <laughs> it's a little too Look, complex. I'm, I'm, I, Wait, I like, to, I like to leave clues. So there, if you listen back to this a couple of times, you'll be able to figure it out, I think. You can piece it all together. But if we get rid of this flaming piece of shit, I would like Torian Gray to step into that full defensive back role. Let's take it one step further. Let's assume Grantham leaves, which I think is a very safe assumption at this point. Could Torian Gray be defensive coordinator at UF? Is he good enough to be? He's never he's never been one. That's um, a big jump. Yeah, that's a, a big I mean, jump given given we have an offensive head coach who is going to need the defensive coordinator to run the defense in a pretty substantial way. So I don't I personally don't see that. I would agree. I just, I there, there might come a point where it it might come down to that. I don't know Torian Gray at all, so I have no idea in his career aspirations. But I got to think that somebody would take a chance on him as a defensive coordinator. So maybe he's not happy with just being a full out defensive back coach, which I'm I'm still not convinced we'd even give him that. But no, that's my thought. But yeah, I, I could see both those guys interviewing and getting great jobs somewhere else. Yeah, um, it'd be interesting to see who uh, Mullen replaces. Grantham with though because that's uh that's a big time. It's it's a coordinator. Honestly, it's a, it might be a premier job. Uh, you know, I mean, defensive coordinator for Florida in general is always a big job, but when you're defensive coordinator for Mullen, you're almost half of the head coach. I mean, you are right. the next man up. It's not yeah. the offensive coordinator beneath them. It's the DC. That's the other guy. So they're good. They're they're re- they're really good friends, and I feel like he's not going to last. And I, I can completely see our boy. Charlie Strong coming back if that's a that's a well uh, this weekend will be the the deciding point I have I have mentioned it on the Discord I think that USF is going to lose to UConn I'm calling yeah. it right now I think they're going to not only lose I think they are going well no they're going to lose because I think the spread is 11 points with USF as a favorite in Connecticut and uh, yeah I think UConn both covers and beats USF and this will be their Kansas and Charlie Strong. Uh, while he may make it back on the plane, he will not make it back on the plane for every game this year. Based on what I have heard on some other podcasts and through various media members, um, that team has completely clocked out on him. Uh, I don't know if they are losing outright to UConn bad, even with everybody clocked out. Um, I've I've got that as a split the baby situation. Um, I think they fail to cover the 11 points, but probably still win. But I wouldn't be surprised if they lost. We really enjoy our murdering baby analogies, don't we? 
That's oh, the second yeah. one. That's the second one on here. All right. Uh, any more? Uh, who's got another question? Um, okay. So uh, I've got one that I thought was interesting. Um, and, you know, if you choose not to answer, that's fine. Um, shit. Where was it? Uh, da, 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 da. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, while he's looking, I'm going to assume this is for Hammer. So if Hammer chooses not to answer, I'm going to answer for him and on behalf of him. And everything I say is approved by him. Just know this. I can't find where the original question was, uh, but Somewhere. someone asked. Someone asked, "Who is your favorite mod and why?" Who is my favorite mod and why? Of, of the fellow of of the it's, fellow. Okay. I, I found the question. It's moderator. it's by it's by Albert the Gator. Oh, that's right. Albert, Albert He Gator or Al Bert the Gator. It might be one of those. Doesn't matter. Okay. Yeah. But yes. Yes. Yeah, sorry, Al. Our, our Discord, Discord brother there. My one is actually all of them. Um, and so I'm going to run through my favorite trait from each of the active Ooh. moderators. I um, like this. Um, okay, so Gary P. Uh, we're going to go in order of seniority here. Uh, Gary P., he's, he's, the, he's the father of this family. You know, he's the... He's the one who started this thing of ours, as they would say on The Sopranos. And so he's he's like everybody's grandpa. He's he's everybody's dad. Yeah. So he's he's our loving father figure um, and is one of the kindest people that you could ever hope to meet. There is Hammer. Um, my favorite thing about Hammer is not only his expertise um, when it comes to football, which is like head and shoulders above practically anyone on the sub. Um, but that he gave me the opportunity to be a mod and identified me as someone who was willing to do things. And so thank you, Hammer, for that. Um, Zlat, um, as we mentioned earlier, uh, Zlat and I are basically the same person a lot of the time. Um, and I appreciate his, um, his tireless efforts when it comes to covering recruiting for us. Um, and bringing unique insights in that regard. Uh, Motorboaty McBoatface, there, I don't think there's anyone on the sub with whom I want to get a beer more than Bodie. He's like just the most even keeled, like he's just here to root for the Gators. And that's like his guiding light on everything. Um, and he just seems like an awesome person to get a beer with. Kid Monsters. Kid is is unique because he will not he's not like super engaged in the mod chat a lot of the time, but like once like once every month or two, he'll just out of nowhere drop these like fucking truth bombs and you're reminded, oh, he's actually like one of the most intelligent people that I've ever interacted with. Uh, welcome to Moe's. Uh, welcome to Moe's is the person who gets shit done. Uh, like everything that we do, like as far as activities and discord stuff, almost all of it that has come about in the last two years or so has been in one way or another uh, related to Moses efforts. Um, he is, he jumps into everything with both feet um, and, and gets stuff done for us. Uh, external tangents. He is the, he is our diplomat. He is like the guy who can go and hash anything out with anybody and make everybody happy at the end, not in a sexual way. 
He, yeah, he's like that brother that fuses uh, all the family argument. Yeah. Um, and then of the active mods, uh, Zeus. Zeus Apollo 2990, our newest mod. He still has that new mod smell. He has that that willingness to go and like do stuff because like a, a little peek behind the curtain here. Um, <laughs> a lot of the time, like we, we look for opportunities to delegate like stuff is like, <laughs> Oh, that sounds That's like a, a nice, great, way, nice way to put it. <laughs> that sounds like a great idea, but boy, I really don't want to fucking do that myself. Who wants to do that? And, uh, and Zeus is the, uh, the eager beaver. He's, he's still excited about doing things. Um, and that's very much appreciated. That was really nice, man. That was that's a wonderful answer. What more needs to be said? That was wonderful. But me being me, I'm going to give what I hate about all of these mods as a flip Hell side. Hell yes, brother. <laughs> Hell yes. Let it fly. All right. Hold on. I got to work on it because I, I was, I was kind of writing down some thoughts as you were going. Um, and I have one or two that are still remaining on this. So this might be all out of order. But uh, these are going to be the active mods that you had mentioned. Uh, I'll start with Zeus, since he's the newest. Um, his generation is young, and they're new, and they want to do new things. And that scares me. I don't like that. Makes, he, make, he, he puts me into an awkward position of trying to develop and advance, and I really don't like that. I want to be me, and I don't like this whole progression thing that he's trying to push on us. Really pisses me off. So come on, Zeus. Uh, external. You say he's diplomatic. I say he's way too willing to see the best in people. He's so even-minded, and it, it's just such a dick thing. I really, I, I cannot stand that. Um, kid monsters. That motherfucker, <laughs> he makes me feel so insignificant with how brilliant he is. <laughs> like, every time he talks, I'm like, God, I'm so stupid. <laughs> I just, I can't keep up with them sometimes. And it's amazing. Um, amazingly angry. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I lost my spot and lost my spot on here. Um, yeah. Uh, Mose. Mose makes me feel so bad all the time for not doing enough in, in, in so many ways. Like, he, he, yeah, he shames me. And, and I mean, he literally shames me, but he also metaphorically shames me. I just, I'm always in a state of shame with him. I feel like I'm letting him down all the time. And um, that's on him for making me feel that way. I don't like him making me feel feelings. Um, motor, this is a little less deep, but it's still just as painful. That son of a bitch drags me back in the Jaguar fandom time and time again. I don't, I don't like it. The Jaguars suck, and I want to I wanna be rid of them, but I've been with them the whole time, and he just always brings me back into it, and I don't like that. Uh, where are we at? Where are we? we are at Tofery now. Um, that is a hate-filled person, and his hatred knows no <laughs> bounds. Hell yes. uh, there, is, there is all types of hate there. And, um, I mean, how good of a person can you be with all that hate? It's it's really scary, Topher. He really is. That's no, a, you're wonderful, dude. You're, that's you a really valid are. point. <laughs> um, let's see. We are at. Did I? I thought I had something written for some of the old. Uh, this this could go for. Uh, I guess Ryan, Vortex, Ryan and Vortex. I think they're they were previous mods, and we we re-added. We we brought them back. I think they had started with Gary. Um, they were here before my time. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. <laughs> They have secrets that they have not shared. 
Yeah, there's there's just something something hidden there, and I'm just I'm just not a fan. Uh, I Hammer, don't like ha- not knowing the things. Yeah, yeah, I really don't, and and it bothers me. Um, Hammer brought it brought it into my mind perfectly earlier this episode. Uh, he tears my points apart and shits on them multiple times in the podcast with his brilliance and his knowledge, and I really just want to be able to say my points without being wrong and you're making me wrong hammer it's not me being wrong it's you it's it's your fault so i really don't like that and uh finally gary that son of a bitch is just too damn nice and and i have nothing more than that he's just way too kind-hearted and um again this all comes down to making me feel bad for being an asshole uh gary does a good job of shaming without actually shaming Mose does a good job of shaming by shaming but gary just makes me feel bad uh because i'll i'll say something and then he'll just pop in and i'm like damn dude i'm just such an asshole and um yeah just stop making me feel these things guys um i think that's everybody well said yeah yeah all right so now you know now you know the love and hate of the mods uh we i really do love everybody uh, they're they're all great mods, really smart people. I mean, I can I can tell you guys I can tell you guys I can tell you guys my thoughts. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, if you guys. If you guys want flipped. to, uh, if I can handle it, go for it. Okay. Um, I mean, it's just unfiltered thoughts about the mod team here. I mean, I'm gonna talk about all the people who are you know really active. At um, I know Ryan X Fortilix from the past, but you know they don't, and I they did a lot to contribute to this sub and they taught me a lot. Um, I didn't interact with them that much, but like I, a lot of their previous stuff, so they were definitely impactful, but the guys who are here, you have like, you know, you have Gary, Gary, obviously, you know, has been someone who I have gone to for help in my personal life. And he's such a genuinely nice person who cares about every single buddy. And he cares about people that, we probably shouldn't care about <laughs> like like like, <laughs> like if you guys are on our sub and you're listening to this pod, I'm sure you guys are all aware of side of this motherfucker whatever that guy who comes in. That's the guy we flared Florida State. I'm pretty sure um, <laughs> who doesn't know he's been Florida Stated, and Gary still tells us to not ban the guy. <laughs> Because he's such a nice guy, like, and I want to ban that guy so bad. <laughs> well, he does. But, he does it for a different reason for me. I want to play with yeah. my food. I like him being around. Yeah, but, I yeah, enjoy. I Gary, enjoy. Gary thinks that. he can. Gary thinks he can turn this guy into a good person and right. like, stop. Like, oh yeah, I'm gonna fix this troll. And <laughs> just, Gary is saying earnest prayers for this wayward soul. It bothers Whereas, me so much. <laughs> like, 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 there's been plenty of times where I have had finger the ban this guy but and i think about fuck i don't want to get a paddling dad gear p so um but the guy is genuine and he cares about it. and that's and i respect that so much um to forget like you know has helped me out a lot in terms of just getting things done like i was overwhelmed in modding this sub i don't think you guys really understand that it was like me and gary and it was overwhelming and Especially because the sub was growing at exponential rate, and I, uh, Tofree was always that guy on the sub that was just making such a positive impact, shutting down trolls when they need to be shut down. And I, if I go and see like a highly upvoted behind a very significantly downvoted comment, it was just Tofree Gator was straight up fucking up some guy in a comment, and 
you know, and he's done so much to help make the sub grow. He's been impactful, and you know, obviously, like I, that's why I want this team. And and Slatan, the same thing. Like these guy also was doing so much for the sub when he didn't need to, and that's the same thing with Toby. Like these guys do so much for this sub that they don't need to do. Like this is all voluntary. This is all we all have lives, you know, except for Moe's. But we all have lives, and. <laughs> <laughs> How are you enjoying the parade, Mr. Kennedy? <laughs> but they'd make such an impact, and it has relieved so much stress that I've had in terms of making this up where it is. Like we have, we all have this dream of making an awesome place people can go to. There's sixteen thousand people are on our sub, like a place that they can go to that they can talk about Florida. They can have a great time. They can see amazing content. They can not come in and, and get shit on by fucking blue side of the sun. Like, there's so much stuff that these guys do behind the scenes. Um, and that's why, and they did it without the title of mod. And that's what I liked so much, and that's why you know, Tofri and Adam Zlatan as well, because they, they were doing so much when they didn't need to. And they do so much now when they still don't need to. And Zlatan has so much knowledge recruiting. I've learned so much in what he's able to do there. I follow it now. Probably more than I should. Because this guy always gets my hopes up. And then and then it's fucking just shattered. So, yeah. I, I Sorry I correct your stuff on podcasts. Because you keep making mock classes that look better than they actually are going to be. So, that's your, that's your punishment. Um... <laughs> But <laughs> not, not the last one. <laughs> yeah. Um, Motorboaty is this guy. I, I honestly, I'm pretty sure is either like insanely rich or is just doing something because this guy is just so cool. Like he just chills all the time. And I, I would love, like I said, like like to I love you because people don't know behind like behind the scenes. We have we, we talk about a lot of stuff like how we're gonna rest things with maybe changes we'll sub. And he just comes in with this like completely unbiased opinion of something that makes sense, and like, and I love that of him. I attribute that to us, and I love that he's like so involved. He's helped me so much with like events we've done, um, you know. Like, and, and other people have too, but he's really involved in making sure that's getting. And I appreciate that. Um, Kid Monsters uh, obviously helped us make Robo Albert, and if Albert didn't exist would have shitty fucking game threads so he's done a lot to help contribute to that this guy comes in every now and then with some great insight you know and you know ultimately day it's like you know he he contributes more than he needs to like he he was doing this before he became a mod and that's what i like about him is that he's continuing to to provide for the sub continue to make improvements to kit to uh the robo albert he's like cool what else do we need what else do we need what else appreciate that hard work he's done to make sure the back end of the, of the sub is working. Um, welcome to Moe's. He's like, I want to argue with him so much. <laughs> but you don't want to argue with him because he's a genuinely good person. He does way much more than way, he does so much more. Than, I've had a couple of years, guys. So my words are going all over the place now. But Moe's contributes so much to this sub. And if a troll has shown up and you no longer see that troll, it's like a big has banned that troll and he works really hard he puts so much time into the discord into the chats he helps set this pot up he does so much in the sub 
he responds to more. Mo- I think he's responded to more bottom middle this week than I have done the entire year. Like the guy Easily. is yeah. constantly involved, and he works harder than everyone else. And I have so much respect for him in that because he doesn't need to do that. Like he he does it because he wants to. Yeah. Um, external tangents. You know, obviously comes a lot of knowledge. He helped run a massive sub. He ran RCF a lot of times. So he knows how to manage big things. Like he knows where we're going, the, the trajectory we're going. And just like you said in the past, like he he tries to defuse everything. Like it's like, hey, don't fight. Let's figure this out. You know, and I appreciate that from him is that he's able to come in and to kind of shut me down when I'm going one way, or shut you know like like if we're like bickering back and forth or something or something we want to do and, and he's done a great job of making sure that he's managing us like he's the mod for the mods like, he has helped manage us i believe in a way that we can navigate and converse properly and get things done i feel like that's, that's the way very well it. put um you know and then uh and and echo comes in every now and then and helps contribute and you know, i don't want to leave echo in a lot uh when, when we need him to um, you know, we asked he's for done like, a lot everyone. of he's done a lot of the technical work. Yeah, he does a lot of technical work for us. You know, so I will give a shout out to him there for sure. For sure. Um, Zeus is brand new. Zeus helped me out so in the um, the Florida Gators draft. He volunteered to make those draft cards. Really badass and awesome. He has uh, messaged me about what else can we do? What else can we do? What other events? Like he like wants to do stuff, and I want to burn him out. But the guy is just enthusiastic. He's ready to go. Um. And he just he doesn't like he doesn't he doesn't stop. Like he like he like asks questions. He asks how can I do this? How can I do this better? How can I do this better? Like like to him becoming a mod is like a great experience for him and I and I love the enthusiasm. I love how much attention he's providing to everything. You know, and I and I I'm looking to work the next, you know, for foreseeable future. But I mean my I love the mod team. We have built this sub into something that most other college football teams don't have, and it comes. Everyone has got their place. Everyone is providing what they do. Everyone is is contributing at a high level when they don't have to. Um, and I love everyone on this mod team. And I don't think of a single mod team that's better than this one. Well said. Be the best. And I'll Beautiful. go to bat for these motherfuckers. And you guys know that too. Oh, absolutely. I think we all would. Oh man, that was well, sappy. We need, we need, we need something. Was, yeah, to we need. It off on or yeah, I need to, we need to push some is, elderly people down some stairs or something. Yeah, let's get let's get some manliness in here. Oh, I'm not crying. Uh, I saw a question I can ask, unless you had one that you had in mind. No, go for it. Do it. Uh, I want to give the person the the name shout out too. So I'm looking for it again. Uh, this is, oh God, how do you say that? A dies a lot or dies a lot or dies lot. Uh, the question is, playoff predictions? I'm going to assume he's asking what your playoff predictions are. Um, mine, I think mine are still the same as they were at the beginning of the season. Uh, yeah. Yeah, my preseason uh, was Clemson, uh, Georgia, Oklahoma, and Ohio State. And that's still my four as of today. Yeah, I'm going Alabama, Clemson, and uh, Ohio State. That was my prediction. You gotta have a fourth. I just, I just said, I said the fourth. Clemson, Alabama, Oklahoma, Ohio State. Okay, they cut out then. Sorry. 
I just don't let it happen again. All right. Um, it's really hard to not include Alabama because it's Nick Saban. Why bet against him? But if anybody, if there's going to be a year they don't make the playoffs, eventually it's going to happen, right? Uh, this will be the year. So I'm going to go with Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson. I'm debating on this. Like, I, I, pro- I guess this is probably the same as Tofrey's. Uh, I'm going to go Oklahoma. I, I mean, it's just there's too easy of a route for some of these teams to go through. So I'm yeah. My thing, my thing with with Alabama is their defensive front seven is like entirely populated with true freshmen at this point. Um, and I just think that's going to be. I think that's going to trip them up once in the regular season, and then I think they're going to lose in the SEC championship game. And I think there's going to be enough. Uh, other good teams out there that two losses will keep them out, even with the Alabama advantage. Yeah, this is this is the year I think that Kirby takes down Alabama in the SEC championship game if they both make it there. Yeah, I hope not, honestly. But yeah, that's kind of what I'm feeling. Who do you have winning it all? Who do you have winning it all? Oh boy, uh, now that that's much more difficult. Um, I right now. Ohio State to me looks like the most complete team. Um, and I was kind of feeling that in the preseason too. Uh, you know, I, I guess there's there's the question of if Ryan Day can do something like that in his first year as a head coach, but uh, I've been really impressed by what I've seen from Ohio State so far. I got Clemson. Yeah. I, 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 I basically basing it off of uh, the first year head coach from Ryan Day. I'm not seeing that. I don't think Oklahoma has enough pieces overall. I think their defense is better, but it still has some issues. Uh, we've already discussed Bama not even making it, and I just can't bring myself to pick Georgia ever winning a championship, so I'm going to go with Clemson. We're going with Oklahoma. Interesting. Hard to hate on any of these. I mean, I could see any of them. I, th- I think a lot of people think, they're like, oh, Oklahoma's not built to play against, like, you know, Clemson or Georgia or anybody, but everyone forgets, like, they – they played Alabama to the wire. It was last year, I think. Um, and they also uh, was barely lost to Georgia a couple years ago. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was like, they have the team. They have the talent. They have the head coach, Lincoln. He's a really good coach. Like He really he knows how to, how to manage that offense at a high level. But I think the difference is that, yeah, Kyler Murray was a good quarterback and he won the Heisman. But he doesn't have the experience or the the it factor to win big games like Jalen Hurts does, and that's gonna be a, yeah. that's gonna be a deciding factor, I think. For sure. Yeah, I think Hurts really, really brings leadership to that team that I have very rarely seen in college football uh, from a player. Um, you know, it's it's kind of a cliche, but he's one of those guys who's kind of like having another coach out on the field. It feels like. Yeah. He's not going to be an NFL guy. He's going to be like Chris Leak, as in he's going to manage the game. They won't do the right things, and he'll make the plays when he needs to. You know, and I mean, there's it says a lot that he stayed at Alabama Tua the entire season last year. You know, when he didn't need to, like it says a lot. But I I have worries about their their defensive depth. I think would be the biggest deal there. Uh, whereas every other team listed has just uh, stud upon stud in, on the defense. 
um, to step in as the yeah. season goes on. Yeah, I think they're on the right path defensively. Um, getting rid of uh, the worthless Stoops brother, um, that was a big step for them. And I think that they'll, I think they'll improve defensively over these next couple of years. But I don't know if they're there yet. That's my my big uh, hold up on Oklahoma. All right. Okay. This one, this one, this might not be bad. What, what do we do? A quick two. What's your favorite flavor? Gatorade. Orange all day. I like lemon lime too. I'm pretty boring. Like the simple, straightforward, original flavors, but orange is probably my top one. Um, between lemon lime and grape for me. Okay. My uh, my Gatorade go to Gatorade, which I currently have right, is the cucumber lime Gatorade. Fight me. What the fuck is that? Cucumber lime. That's something you must you 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 must only be able to get that in New York City. That sounds like some type of pretentious bullshit that I'd be drinking. I'm surprised you're going <laughs> that's, for that. City Slicker Gatorade. <laughs> really? I mean, that's like, like something you could buy in like Napa Valley or something. I mean, you have like, to go to San like, Francisco it's, for it's like cucumber Gatorade. water, but in Gatorade. They only sell it at uh, Whole Foods. Um, this one could be good. Let's all answer this at the same time. Okay? All right. This one was for me. That's by Fujin. It says, our wide receivers have been pretty hyped but seems like there's something off with their play. See this particularly in yards after catch where balance or stumble. Is this ball placement, coaching, or ability? What do you guys think it is? Three. Why don't we, what, okay, yeah, yeah. Two. One. Coaching. Jim McElwain. We <laughs> <laughs> have to go to the heart of the problem, and I think I think we can safely say that he his culture is still affecting us to this day. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh my yes. Gosh. Yeah. This is this is Carrie Dixon's fault. <laughs> Wherever you are, whatever whatever high school, whatever uh JV program you're offensive coordinating for Carrie Dixon, go fuck yourself. No, I honestly I don't even think it's Carrie Dixon's fault, guys. I think it's Zach Smith. Like all oh, the way back. Wow. Yeah. This is like the curse of Turntle, but the curse of Zackel, the curse of Zach. Curse I don't know. I can't, I can't I can't come up with anything good like that. I could see it. Zach Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Ob- obviously all of these receivers coaches are the, are to blame and not the current one. Yeah. The current one's great. Yeah. Easy question. Yeah. Yeah, this is no problem. That's a no-brainer. Um so I we guess we're wrapping this up. How many receiver coaches have we been through and still we're bitching about the receivers coaching? I hadn't thought about that aspect of it. Like every other, well, just about every other position group, it's like been, it's been alleviated. Like the, we've stemmed the tide of sadness in one way or another, but still with the receivers coaches, we went through like seven in seven years. And we thought, oh, well, this is good. We're, we're finally, we're going to have some stability here. We won't have to bitch about this all the time. But here we are. We're Come right play for the there. Joker. Yeah. Don't I mean, remind me of those. I guess it's not, it's, it's improvement. It's improvement from that. So there's that. If you want to know, yes, Zach Smith is exactly how he, he portrays himself. He's a complete douchebag. Oh, that's, that is not surprising at all. Uh, yeah. Yeah. His, uh. He's come on. The, I think he's been on some podcasts that I've heard him before. He mm-hmm. he he is who he is. Yeah, I don't think yeah, he sure even, seems like. I don't it. think he tries to hide it either. No. All right. Well, let's wrap it up since uh, Hammer is a sleepy bear. I 
I just want to say, if you're listening to this and we did not answer your question, I will make a post on the sub and probably we can answer the ones we did not answer that probably sometime after the game this weekend. We could also just circle back to it on on a future episode. At least yeah, ones I that, was, ones that aren't like time dependent. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Well, thank you for joining us. This has been our Florida Gator subreddit podcast. Um, you know, this is normally where a podcast would say, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, rate, review, subscribe. But we are still trying to work out the Apple podcast situation. Uh, that's really fucking frustrating for me because I've continued to get these uh, Gmail notifications on my phone throughout the week about these exciting new podcast services that you can now find our Florida Gator subreddit podcast on, such as something called Breaker. <laughs> We're now available on Breaker, guys. I don't like it's there's like three people who use it. I don't even know what the hell it is, but hey, we're on it. So that's exciting. So, you know, if you're listening to us through Breaker, uh, leave us a comment, leave us a, a review if there's that function on Breaker. Um, and uh, yeah, bear with us because we're working on the Apple podcast thing and it's going to get done. We're going to be there eventually. Perhaps the Telegram. I'm not sure if Breaker uses those, but there's yes. always a possibility. Yes, do that. But thank you for listening to this long and rambling episode. Go fuck yourself, San Diego. I, I just wanted to close out with that. Go Gators. Cease from quarreling and fighting, evil speaking and backbiting. All these things take no delight in when we're met together. Let a union be, union be in all our hearts. Let all our hearts be joined as one. We'll end the day as we've been gone. We'll end it all in pleasure. Whack for all of all to rely on.